Hi, I'm TechCrunch Managing Editor Daryl Etherington. Welcome back to the TechCrunch Podcast, where we cover everything you need to know about the week's top stories in tech from the people who wrote them. Before we talk with our TechCrunch writers, here are some of the biggest stories this week. Twitter is expanding into long-form content with its upcoming Twitter Notes feature. So TechCrunch reporter Sarah Perez broke the news this week that Twitter is rolling out Twitter Notes. It allows users to post longer-form bloggy content, and along with a new newsletter feature, it'll live under a new brand called Twitter Write. This could be the most significant change to the platform since they doubled the word count in 2017. Currently, if users want to post a thought that takes more than 270 characters to express, they have to create a thread, which can be unwieldy to read. The introduction of Twitter Notes may introduce some competition with long-form blogging platforms like WordPress or Medium, the latter coincidentally developed by Twitter co-founder Evan Williams. If integrated with newsletters as well, it could also compete with popular newsletter platforms like Substack, whose authors often promote their subscriptions via Twitter. However, if we learned anything from Facebook's attempt to launch a similar blogging product a few years ago, people may not be so keen to do their long-form blogging on a platform mostly aimed at short social updates. Get all the details from Sarah Perez on TechCrunch and hear from Matt Mullenweg next week about how Tumblr might be a dark horse in this race on our found podcast. The FDA ordered Juul to stop selling its vaping products in the U.S. So... The FDA ordered Juul to stop selling and distributing its ubiquitous vaping devices and products in the U.S. on Thursday. The FDA's ban against Juul comes after the company failed to provide consistent evidence about the safety of its vapes and tobacco pods. Although it won't be illegal for individuals to possess Juul products, retailers have been banned from selling them, so actually getting your hands on that 5% Juul pod just got a lot harder. Regulatory woes had already cut deeply into the company's valuation, but the FDA's actions means it's curtains for its U.S. operations. Jewel competitors Reynolds American and Enjoy Holdings previously received authorization and will be allowed to continue selling their own products, though the FDA maintains that tobacco is harmful and addictive even when vaped. You can read more about Jules Woes from Taylor Hatmaker on TechCrunch. Meta is rolling out new monetization tools on Instagram and Facebook, including a creator marketplace. Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg announced that the company is rolling out more ways for creators to make money on Facebook and Instagram, and also expanding some of its existing monetization tools to more creators. On Instagram, the improved creator marketplace connects brands and creators on specific projects and deliverables, and they're adding a partnership messaging folder to the DMs, which will help both parties filter these messages. It's worth noting that Meta's take on its marketplace for creators seems to be similar to TikTok's aptly named Creator Marketplace. Meta is also launching interoperable subscriptions to let creators give their paying subscribers on other platforms access to subscriber-only Facebook groups. Zuckerberg also announced that Meta is expanding its NFT test on Instagram so more creators around the world can display their digital collectibles on the platform. You can read more about that from Aisha Malik on TC. On Friday, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Even though the decision was leaked, its arrival is a bleak moment for the U.S. We're asking all the leading and most influential tech companies for a public response and about what they're doing for employees in the wake of the decision, and we will be reporting that out on TechCrunch. We'll also continue to report on the impact to the startup ecosystem, including stories about what startups are doing to ensure women retain real options and as much access to abortion rights as is possible given the changed federal landscape. If you have anything to report about your company's approach or anything else related to the tech industry's treatment of the Roe v. Wade decision, please reach out to tips at techcrunch.com. This week, we talked to Jacqueline Melanick about the powers and pitfalls of communities in the crypto industry. 
And Devin Coldaway comes back on to talk about why the COO and CEO of MindGeek, owner of Pornhub, have unceremoniously stepped down. First up, I talked to Jacqueline Melnick about her TechCrunch Plus article about how crypto's emphasis on community could lead followers off a cliff. Hey, Jacqueline, how's it going? Hey, it's going good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So you wrote this story on TechCrunch Plus about community and crypto, two things that just go hand in hand, I think, but (laughs) sometimes maybe two disastrous effects, which was kind of the point of your article. Mm -hmm. Do you want to give us kind of just high level overview of what the article covered? Yeah, for sure. So I kind of was noticing this trend, especially on what we like to call crypto Twitter, which is Mm. just like my Twitter feed covered in crypto. For a while, um, it was just Twitter. <laughs> and then- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But there's this mass amounts of communities on crypto Twitter. And there are people who follow certain trends or projects. And I think I started noticing that even when some projects implode, like we saw with the UST Terra Luna situation back in May, and then more recently, and I wouldn't call this imploding, but Celsius freezing withdrawals and swaps and transfers, we saw that these communities still backed the projects or companies that were in turmoil, honestly. And it almost felt like the blind was leading the blind off of a cliff in some cases, to the point where they were still banding together when the ship was sinking. Yeah, And so... I wanted to look into that a little further and talk to people in the community, the whole broader crypto community about what this really means. And I think there are really beautiful aspects to being a part of communities. And some parts of the crypto community is great. I'm a part of a few communities myself and a few Discord chats. And like I follow things on Twitter as well. But I think when these things are misused, it can lead to an immense amount of problems where there's a ton of confirmation bias. Mm, yeah, I think that you've seen it. You felt it, I guess, if you've been critical of different crypto projects or you see it sometimes even just like in things like Elon's mentions, for instance. Right. Like you do see this attitude of like it's sort of a boosterism. And sometimes you're like, oh, it's bots. But a lot of times I, it's not bots. Right. Like it's like real people who are just counter to any available logic, like banding together. Mm -hmm. But like the basis for that in part seems to be self-protection, right? Because it's like, well, if we all kind of like agree that this thing is still going to be all right, then maybe everything I've sunk into it won't be lost, right? Like how much is that part of the motivation and how much of it is like true belief in in the underlying cause? I guess it's hard to suss out, right? No, it's it's really interesting that you bring that up because uh, one of the people I spoke with, they kind of said like, it's all built on monetization. So like, The second these projects start being unprofitable for people, a lot of them will just abandon it and move on to the next thing. And it's unreasonable to expect these communities to remain intact when it's failing or it's worthless or the currency that it's built on is gone or dissolves. So I feel like oftentimes you'll see these people in the comments really boosting what they put so much of their funds into um, and I don't think that's unreasonable, but it also is irresponsible in a yeah. way. So. It is for sure. That, but like who who bears the responsibility? <laughs> so this is, it's interesting the timing of this too, because like this came out the same week we had 
Bill Gates at the climate event. And the one thing that the quote that he had that got picked up by a lot of other places was that he thinks crypto is entirely based on greater fool theory, which in effect uh-huh. is exactly what you're describing here in a lot of ways, right? Like there's a huge crowd psychology element to that where people are naturally like gravitate towards things that have like a rising value and asset. Like, so if you look at Bitcoin's rise specifically, right? It's like, oh, well, the, the value is going up. Therefore, it will always continue going up. And therefore, I should get in at whatever point, right? Mm-hmm. And the greater fool theory is like, it's essentially like fools come in at a certain point and then like just try to find a greater fool to then pawn off that asset on later to their mm-hmm. increasing disadvantage, right? So do you think that this is kind of something that's endemic in the way that you know, Gates does, or do you think it's a spot problem like here and there and something that is kind of like not necessarily tied to crypto as an underlying technology? I think it's definitely a problem. Mm. And in the article, we actually have a section called natural selection. And I think it does come down to that. There's this saying in poker, if you don't know who the idiot is at the table, <laughs> it's you. That was a great uh, kicker quote to go out on, by the yeah. way. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> but it, and it's sad, honestly, but I think there's this constant phrase of like, do your own research, D-Y-O-R, over and over and over. And people say it, you know, to take off the liability. But there's also a lot of truth to that. Like, if you don't know how it works, if you don't do the analysis, if you don't hedge your risk, everything, you'll be wiped out. And I think the greater fool theory does work in this sense. And it's sad because there are a lot of people who will just like go into a project blindly because they were told by a community that it was great and it's going to succeed and they believe everything they hear without actually looking at the underlying technology or the white papers or anything internal to see if this is a project or roadmap that they want to follow and believe in aside from what they're being told. Another thing that you like you talk about community, you know, as a concept generally and in tech and it is something that is like has use value across and and it's something that people are constantly looking for as like a x factor in why they back startups across industries, right? It's like, oh, you have a strong sense of community. That's a great positive signal for me as an investor. So like, what is the right level of community? Or do you think that's such a thing? Because I think that people would look at this, if, if you're early in on something like this, you, you look at this and go, that's great. If you're a-ethical or have a, like perhaps can put aside your other ethical concerns. You're like, wait, if this has this mechanism built into it, I want in on that early because that's fantastic for my returns, right? So how do you think about community in a greater sense or do you have any kind of perspective on, you know, when is community great for a startup and when is it potentially something that can blow back and cause a lot of damage to people? Right? Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I think community in general is a great thing. I don't think it's a negative term until there is like this sheep mentality. Yeah. But investing is getting more socials. One of the people I interviewed said that and communities are so easy to form. You could literally just gather a bunch of people on Telegram or Discord or on Twitter and just talk in yeah. like the comment threads, you know? So especially from an investor standpoint, when they see community, that's a good thing because that means like, yes, there are a lot of people who believe in this even if it's not the best thing to believe in. Right. But I think also it points to the fact that these communities can do research together. They can look into underlying things. They could govern new things and structure the projects and vote together on what they think is best. And there's like a huge plethora of options for communities to do. And I think it also adds more perspective because you have more people who have opinions 
And that could be a positive thing. Yeah, for sure. But then there's also the negative side of like the group thing, the sheep mentality and the unwillingness to like really look at what's the problem here. It's like, you know, when you're in a relationship and everything's going so great, but there's like red flags everywhere. But right. you're like, ah, oh, forget the red flags. Yeah, like yeah. we're having fun, you know? So I feel like a lot of times it's good until it isn't, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> I know. And it, I think it's like very easy to tip in from one to the other. Like it's not a hard line that you can easily see coming if you're participating in a community or, you know, and, but it is like a crucial factor for companies that have success, right? Like if you look at right. something like a Shopify, like they ascribe all of their success to their strong community or a lot of their success to that. Right. But like, yeah. so what do you think, like for our readers, like what's the takeaway? Like, do you think for, let's say just the average, you know, retail investor or consumer, is it the deep, de- Dior, I don't, <laughs> do you pronounce it like D-Y-O-R. I, <laughs> okay. I, I don't pronounce it. I yeah. just say D-Y-O-R. <laughs> yeah. Do your own research. Yes. I think fundamentally it does come down to that. And I think it's so important for everyone to consider the risks, even when you're investing in like the top market cap cryptocurrencies. Cause as we saw, there's massive drawdowns and when things are going great, like when Bitcoin was near $70,000, everyone wants it in. Everyone wants it to talk about it. And then now when it's near 20,000, nobody wants to talk about it and nobody wants to join in. But there's still a massive community supporting Bitcoin and all these other cryptocurrencies who have fallen like mass amounts, like 70, 80 percent. Even when Luna fell 99 percent to basically a a worthless value and same with UST, the stablecoin, which is now defunct. But they still had this massive community supporting the relaunch of Luna, Luna 2.0. And I think that's amazing and also concerning at the same time that so many people cared about this project so much and they wanted to see the founder, Do Kwan, succeed and his project succeed, that they were willing to give him another chance, even though billions of dollars was wiped out when that failed. Yeah. So I think that speaks to it. And we're seeing that with Celsius right now, even though they're freezing people's funds and their native token that is from the Celsius network is down a lot as well. People are still commenting and saying, like, we're rooting for you. We're waiting. Whenever you have updates, give it to us. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty intense, honestly, because like communities aren't going to go away. And even if a project becomes defunct, some of those communities might just disband and reemerge in other ways. Right. Because a lot of these people have similar thoughts. And similar to like when a political candidate doesn't get voted or elected into office, people will still support that candidate after the fact. But a lot of times people with similar values will go and support a new candidate sure, when they yeah. run. And I think it's similar with crypto that if something fails, they might go and support another project that's similar. Yeah. So is that so. a lesson then? Cause it, I mean, takeaways maybe for entrepreneurs or for VCs yeah. who are looking at this, like what, what kind of lessons do you think they can learn from this? It's a little different because on the investor side, I don't know, actually it's probably similar. Cause I mean, it's all about risk management mm. and like, really taking a step outside of what you're seeing and looking at it from a critical lens. I think it's so important to consider what you're seeing and what's the truth, if that makes sense. Like everything can't be positive all the time. Even the best companies have their issues. And so with these entrepreneurs and these investors, they might see that there's this like beautiful community that's supporting the project or entity that they might invest in. But even with that, nothing is perfect. Right. Even the best companies, the billion dollar companies might not always be a billion dollar company. You yeah. Know? So 
And also don't buy the hype of your own community is probably another <laughs> takeaway, right? Like don't become as yeah. true. Even if you have like very true believers and that's an asset to you, always re- maintain your perspective, I think would be the thing, mm-hmm. right? Because then yeah. hopefully you'll survive unscathed. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much, Jacqueline. I think this is something that will continue to unfold, I'm sure. And we'll see many more examples of this in the months mm-hmm. to come. But fantastic yeah. read. And we look forward to more from you. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me on. Next up, Devin Coldaway and I talk about why the CEO and COO of Pornhub's parent company have stepped down with apparently no warning. Hi, Devin. Hi. Back again for a very I'm different topic. Can't keep me away. Now, we love you here on the TechCrunch podcast. You're our favorite guest, I would say. Wow. Don't tell anybody else who works at TechCrunch. We're not publishing that part, right? <laughs> you can edit that out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, some exciting news this week. Well, I mean, exciting? I mean, definitely interesting. Let's call it that. Let's call it that. The CEO and COO of MindGeek, which, if people don't know, is the company that owns Pornhub, are both out, gone. And they resigned, but it was one of those resignations that is probably on the other side more? It's hard to say because, Mm -hmm. you know, the company issued a statement, but the company always issues a statement saying like, oh, this is all just part of our master plan. So like what happened is they just on Tuesday or whatever it was just said, oh, the CEO and COO have both resigned. There's no one taking over those roles. We're working with the board to figure something out. And they're just gone. There was no like no big like, oh, you know, we've had a a wonderful journey, you know, like it's time to pass the torch to a new generation of porn czars. (laughs) It's it was they just were like gone. And And the company is like, oh, this is this is all normal. We've been planning this for like six months. And yet we have no transition plan or any kind of succession. And they also like because typically you would see something like that and you say, oh, I've decided to move on from the company and I'll be moving on as of October you know, whatever, right? Yeah, like there was nothing stopping them from, you know, tweeting about this or issuing a statement. There was not there was no news on the like press site or of MindGeek or Pornhub's like press thing. It was just like they dropped this bomb and everybody is suddenly scrambling saying like, "Well, why?" Right. Like, "Oh, no, it's, you know, just cuz they're moving on. They've been there for like 10 years. This isn't just like some bungee boss who popped in and popped out." No, and Ferris Antoon is a founder of MindGeek. Right. Yeah. 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 If I remember correctly. And I know that the company has been through a lot of stuff and, you know, changes and changes in structure and stuff like that. But like these are people who have been running it through the whole modern era of streaming porn, essentially, you know, this huge evolving industry. And they've steered this enormous weird ship through these tumultuous waters. Yeah. So they're suddenly jumping over the rail into the tumultuous waters, I guess, into the water. uh So you've. Obviously, you tried to get what you could out of the company, but like, what do you divine is the actual reason behind this since there seems to be an absence of information about it? It's hard to it's it's really hard to say, but I think that the company has gone through a lot of troubles in the last couple of years with payments, you know, MasterCard and Visa, both suddenly about two years ago or something like that. They were like, oh, we're not going to process payments anymore. And all of a sudden, MindGeek is like, well, we're screwed. We need that. That's money that we use. And I think MasterCard changed their mind. Visa changed their mind. And it's all it's sort of like an evolving situation there. But I can't imagine it's been easy to keep the company, keep the lights on, essentially. I'm sure they make tons of money in some ways. But, right. you know, with, like, payments is not easy, even in the best of, you know, in the simplest of uh, businesses. And so, you know, they're trying to go with crypto. Like, that's OK. Well, you can pay with Bitcoin or something like that. Like, oh, how's that going? Probably terrible. 
Mm-hmm. So then there was also this article. So there's been a couple of articles that are like, hey, Pornhub is problematic because it's not moderated well and you end up with you know all kinds of illegal or unsolicited or weird stuff on there including like abuse stuff and there was a big report in the new yorker last week that was like this huge long profile of like people who've been trying to get stuff off of pornhub because it's you know violating their policies or it's like you know videos of them that they never consented to stuff Mm -hmm. like that so it kind of feels like these people left, you know, unceremoniously after a, a bout of bad press. But it's not exactly, I don't think it's that cut and dry because a lot of people in the adult film industry had a lot of issues with the New Yorker article saying like, hey, Pornhub is actually sort of like talking about when you have a problem with Facebook and you're like, oh, you're not moderating enough. And people say, well, at least they're trying, you know, and right. they are changing their policies. And Pornhub is too. And the people in the porn industry were like, the New Yorker interviewed us and misrepresented our statements and also the people they're profiling are like a religious group that wants to ban porn altogether and they're anti-lgbtq it's like a sort of weird storm of like these people it feels like the new york kind of got taken in by some people who are crusading against porn rather Mm -hmm. than just trying to help exploited children or something like that and it's probably you know a little bit of column a a little bit of column b so it's it's a really muddy picture right and it's hard to tell but, it, you know, if there's a muddy picture like that and the CEO and COO just jump ship with no plan, it doesn't look good. I mean, maybe it's a company that doesn't really care how things look, but it really doesn't look good. And I'm not sure how to without the facts to back it up. I don't want to say one way or the other, whether they felt forced out or whether they thought it was a good time or whether it truly was planned, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think so that part where you said like, oh, like maybe because the people in the industry kind of seems like came out in their defense to some degree after this profile came out, right? Like, and I remember the couple of years ago, massive unverified content scrub that they performed. Right. And yeah, that seemed to be the moment when they were perhaps in the most trouble, at least up until that point, they were behaving the most badly rather, let's say. Right. Yeah. And then they did that. And to me, that is the crucial moment where if you're like, this is too much trouble, I want nothing to do with this. And you walk away if you can't handle the heat, right? Or if you're just yeah. like, oh, I'm a rich person, whatever, like I'm tired of this. And then this seems like quite a bit smaller by comparison, especially when you have people from the industry unbidden coming out and saying like, oh, this is an unfair portrayal. And I assume some of what they're talking about is like, since this big content scrub has happened, they've actually been pretty diligent about trying to ensure that the stuff that is on the site is in keeping with their terms and conditions, at least as much as they are able to, right? Yeah, and you know, like any platform, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, everybody struggles with moderation stuff. And it's especially hard on a porn site because, like, but it's also in some ways much more cut and dry because you're like, okay, we need a model release form, proof that they are of age, you know, this sort of official stuff so that you can say, hey, this is all on the up and up. You don't need that on YouTube because any format, any age, any anything is is permitted in a way. Right. So in a way, Pornhub and sites like it have a more easily defined role in curating the content that goes on their site. And I know that at that time you mentioned when there was this big purge of like going from this is a free for all to, okay, we better button up or we're going to be banned, essentially. That was the moment, like you said, that I think that they were in the most danger 
And I don't know, maybe they did that and the CEO said, okay, once this danger is passed in like a year or two, we're gone. Or, uh, you know, made some secret transition plan that we're not aware of. But it seems a little like they would have said something about that. I don't think it would shake investor confidence, but like more than them leaving on a random weekday afternoon, just saying like, (laughs) all right, we're done. Like, that doesn't seem like a better option. No, I mean, to me, that seems, and maybe this is kind of naive too, as I think about it, because it probably wouldn't indemnify them about this, but it seems like a kind of move you make when you're like, oh, everyone's about to get indicted for some kind of crime. I would yeah. rather not be indicted for the crime as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just going to jump ship. I'm just going to walk out this door yeah. and not be party to a crime. Or, well, if you already were, but, you know, we'll see. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe they know something we don't. Well, obviously, there's a lot of internal stuff that we're not aware of. And they say, oh, we've been planning this. That's what the statement was. We've been planning this since January or February. Right, since early in the year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they certainly didn't mention it. I understand you don't want to have all these internal conversations like out there but it does look bad for a big sort of expose however in the new yorker like this is a major journalistic institution however flawed the reporting might be this is something that is horrible pr for the company and your ceo and ceo take off a week later it feels a lot like they're being kicked out or they just bounced so that's what it feels like but we'll see i'm just curious how it will be going forward for the company like is this part of a big plan to change up how things work i know that it's still a hugely valuable and powerful company so it's Mm -hmm. not like they left because there was no more money to be made or they've reached the pinnacle of porn streaming technology or whatever so i'm curious sort of what comes next right i mean my question there would be is their model kind of old and being replaced are they not doing enough are they actually on the downswing especially if we have insider perspective on it versus you know something like OnlyFans, which seems to be much more creator friendly and like probably in the more potential for growth at least on the supply side just because of the way that they do business yeah absolutely and you know and yeah OnlyFans and other ones like that that have been more as you said creator friendly have grown so much i would not be surprised at all and you know mind mind geek has their own sort of service of that type but it's not it's different it's a whole different thing i would not be surprised if these executives were going to start a new site like that because they see that that's the future Mm. or something in that vein. But I don't see, to me, it doesn't make sense to not do that under the MindGeek banner where you have enormous resources at your disposal and huge existing relationships and infrastructure to make that happen. So I'm not really sure. I think that the industry is going in that direction and it's a good direction for everybody to be more creator focused, more safe and more like you know, like any other creator economy, like you made something, you should get paid for it by the people who like it. That's a good model in any industry, whether you're making cabinets or porn, like it's all good. So yeah, they're going in that direction. But having them both depart at the same time, it kind of has the sort of conspiratorial air of like, all right, let's go work on our secret project. And it'll show up in a few months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be an interesting next beat in this story maybe they'll just disappear into the montreal streets and never be heard from again but i mean that's what i would do i i don't understand why more ceos and coos of huge companies don't just like disappear buy the biggest yacht currently available <laughs> and like go out into the middle of the pacific never to be heard from again yeah i that's right where i'm at like as soon as i accumulate that amount of money you would never <laughs> hear another peep about me ever again but- i know 
even a fraction of that money. I'm like, how much does a yacht cost? A couple million bucks? Like, right. these people are waiting to get their $100 million bonus. At some point, you can have too many yachts. Yes, that's true. But maybe we just don't know because we don't have one yet, Devin. Once we that's get one, true. maybe you can never stop. So, I, 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 you know, I do have a lot of jackets. Some people just have one jacket. I have like <laughs> 10. Well, that's, that's not true. I have like 16. And so maybe it's like that. You know, once you have one, you just need a yacht for every season. You need yeah. your, your late summer yacht, you know, your early fall yacht. Why not? <laughs> exactly. Well, we'll have the chance actually to ask Amy Gann, who is CEO of OnlyFans, about this at Disrupt this fall. This is a surprise announcement. I wasn't even planning to do this, but I might as well. She's confirmed. So maybe she'll have some perspective on why I'd stick around. Well, absolutely. That's a, a, well, maybe, yeah, the yacht thing. But uh, yeah, that'll be a really interesting discussion because that is such a disrupting force. Like that's truly been a sea change in the like adult film industry or porn industry, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's a very interesting space. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks very much, Devin. Yep. Take it easy. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. And remember to check out all the stories we talked about in this episode on TechCrunch.com. Also, be sure to use our TechCrunch Plus promo code, TCPodcast. That's TCPodcast, all one word, to get 20% off on both annual and two-year plans. Check out all the other TC podcasts, including Found, Equity, and Chain Reaction. And we'll see you next week. The TechCrunch Podcast is hosted by myself, managing editor Daryl Etherington. We're produced by Maggie Stamitz, with editing by Kel Keller. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator. Alyssa Stringer leads audience development, and Henry Pickovit manages TechCrunch's audio products. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Listener.